Holly G with the Golf Insiders. We are going live to the ocean course at Kiowa Island to get a report on the 2021 PGA Championship from one of our favorites. He's co-host of Golf Today and doing double time for Golf Channel this week. Lots of reporting on Golf Central. The big dog himself, Damon Hack. Good morning. Good morning, Holly G. How's things? Well, very good. I'm a little jet lagged. I'm just getting back from a little golf adventure in Dubai. But uh, we've got a, a second major of the year. It started out uh, quite challenging yesterday. Pete Dye uh, smiling up there in heaven uh, watching these guys be challenged. What were your thoughts on round one? Yeah, it's really, really great to be at this incredible golf course that's hosting this major championship. About 43 players played in 2012, and Rory walked away with an eight-shot victory. It's not going to be anything like that this year. It just looks like it's going to be a lot of bunched-up scores, players really respecting what this golf course gives them. This golf course isn't giving them a lot, not a lot of scoring opportunities, but it's very linked in the layout in terms of a lot of holes up and back along the beach, the wind is the biggest defense of this golf course. It's been consistently blowing in that 15 to 20 mile per hour range. So on every single hole, on every single shot, the players are having to really gauge the elements, come up with a game plan, execute and commit to their shots. Yeah, you know, it, the the uh, the last time the PGA was at Kiowa, of course, it was in the August spot on the calendar. Now in May, it's a lot drier, uh, a, a lot tougher. You know, you don't get uh, the chance of those rains to soften things up. And uh, it's been very interesting to see, you know, how the players have had to navigate not only the length of the golf course, the winds, but also they're playing all the bunkers, I believe, as waste bunkers, Damon? That's exactly right. So the players can freely ground their clubs in all of these sandy areas. And you're right. Uh, this is not going to be an August, you know, sweltering major championship. The weather actually is kind of ideal. You know, upper 70s might reach the low 80s on the weekend. Uh, it, it's a big golf course, though. It's not hilly like Augusta National, but the players are having to trace through a very big property, sandy area, soft soil. So that can kind of wear on the body over uh, a four-day trek. But this is a golf course that the players have universal respect for. They also have respect for what Terry Hay, who's the director of, of setting up the golf course rules and competitions for the PGA of America, what he's done uh, in really presenting this golf course to the players. Well, uh, you know, not surprising to see a heavy mix of international players on the leaderboard. Um the likes of Ian Poulter uh, and two uh, pretty strong South African players, uh, Brendan Grace and Christian Besudenhout. And uh, and then, you know, Brooks Kepka. I think uh, people were writing him off because of the knee, because of the Masters. And, you know, uh, when people bet against Brooks, he, he rises to the occasion, doesn't he? He really does. He uses it as fuel. I think he's the most mentally tough golfer since Tiger Woods. 
Todd said that quite a bit in the last few years. I think he's starting to show us or at least remind us why that statement is, is, is kind of, you know, right on the money. I, I just feel like when people doubt Brooks, he, like Tiger, he uses it as fuel. I don't know how sustainable his workout and the injuries and everything that he's done uh, is going to be over the next 10 years, but if he can find some good health in the near term and kind of find a way to cobble together game plans, practice maybe not as much as he did in his 20s, but can find a way to, to stave off injuries in his 30s, he's, he's as dangerous as anyone on the property because he has such great self-belief and not to mention a wonderful skill set for major championships. Well, speaking of dangerous and uh, <laughs> mentally strong, in the mix is Mr. Philly Mickelson, uh, who brought around a, a, a tough start yesterday. And, you know, Phil in the mix here today, uh, tied for eighth. Uh, you know, this is seems like it's one of those courses, just like the, you know, the players, which is another Pete Dye design, where, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily any particular type of player, would you say? Yeah, and Phil has great savvy. He actually shot 64 at Quail Hollow a couple weeks ago before uh, kind of falling back to earth. But he has got a new driver in the bag. I was told that he's feeling very confident with it. I actually went out and watched him play yesterday with Patrick Carrington, both old-timers kind of turning back the clock. More to call him to golfchannel.com on Patty's day. But Phil looked like he was forever young yesterday, hitting the ball hard, really got up and down quite a bit, especially coming in considering he was three over through his first six holes. So ended up shooting 70 on day one and continues to be in the mix. And this is someone who's in that stage of his career where he doesn't know whether he wants to patronize PGA Tour champions full time, believes that he still has enough games to compete with the younger players. And so far this week anyway, that's proving to be the case. That's that's the truth. And then, you know, in that category, Stuart Sink posting a good round yesterday. Yeah, two wins already this season. And getting some run as a potential Ryder Cup captain stick might have to make the team outright because he's in his late 40s. But, you know, trust me, Steve Stricker and the guys on that team know what Stuart Sink can bring. He's been reborn in the latter part of his career. He has his son Reagan on the bag, which he said has given him kind of renewed purpose and comfort and not living and dying with every shot and just kind of enjoying the walks with his son. Much like Lee Westwood's been enjoying some rounds of golf with his uh, girlfriend and, and also with his son who's caddy for him as well. So we're seeing the, the Stuart Sink, the Brian Gaines, the Lee Westwoods, the Phil Mickelson. The equipment is keeping them young, but they're also finding reasons to continue to want to compete, stay sharp. So let's talk about equipment because something that's being allowed during uh, the championship are distance measuring devices. You've got a you got a big bold picture of Phil on GolfChannel.com today, Damon, with uh, Phil having the uh, the distance uh, device, and he's uh, checking out a pin placement. Yeah, I, I tell you what, the, 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 the kind of general consensus is this is what people do on the, you know, their Sunday matches and their Thursday night leagues and their 
Monday league, so why not let the best players in the world do it? My only concern is if it slows down play. Uh, they seem to be a little bit over the suggested time part of this week of four minutes and 47 seconds. Don't know if that's because of the the uh, distance measuring devices or because Pete Dye is, is you know up to his handiwork as he is wont to do. So I think that the players, as long as they're not slowing down play, I don't have a problem with it. I'm still getting used to how it looks because it's just not what I'm accustomed to seeing. Yeah, that's that's the truth. Um, let's look at some of the, the young guns here, Damon, for a minute. One of my new favorites is Willie Z, Will Zalatoris, who we know had an incredible Masters. Uh, he started out with a pretty good round yesterday. And, you know, somebody that uh, is often in the conversation now, Victor Hovland, who uh, had a great uh, round of 69 yesterday. Just a young player from Norway, he won the U.S. Amateur, was low amateur at the U.S. Open in 2019 at Pebble Beach and continues to find comfort on golf courses that he's seeing for the very first time. And it's remarkable to watch. He's just uh, been an absolute superstar attitude, first of all, ball-striking Jesse, and someone I think is going to break through for a major championship early in his career as opposed to late. He has the skill set, hits the ball a long way, has the perfect attitude to forget mistakes, and hits the ball on the button. We saw it at concession. We saw it uh, at the Masters. We see it almost every week on the PGA Tour, even on golf courses that he's never seen before. I continue to be very, very impressed with Victor Hovland. Now, somebody that it was great to see post a good number and be in the mix on the leaderboard. Ricky Fowler. Ricky struggling with his game, Damon. You know, uh, I think after that incredible win at the Players' Championship a few years ago, we thought the doors were going to break open for Ricky. Uh, and, you know, it's it, it just hasn't proven to be so. Uh, you know, is he spending too much time making his uh, Corona beer commercials and whatnot? What's, what's going on with Ricky? Yeah, he's contends that he works as hard as he ever has. I actually asked him specifically about his putting because he's 178 in strokes gained putting after being first in that category in 2017 and 13. It's crazy. It really is. I I think he has the best putting stroke on the PGA Tour uh, now that Tiger Woods is sidelined. But he insists that he just hasn't seen the ball go in the hole, that he's actually comfortable with the swing changes that he's made. Played very well in day one on Thursday. It, it just kind of wants to hang around and see if he can make enough putts. Get that putter heated up. He also talked about Jordan Spieth and the slump that he was under. Finally broke through in San Antonio. He's hoping to follow a very similar script. But it's been baffling for someone who finished in the top five in all four majors in 2014 to be struggling the way that he has. But to see uh, the way he struck the ball on Thursday – has to give him some hope that maybe the slump that he's been in is going to be ending uh, in the near future. It just shows you uh, how deep the talent is and how difficult it is to get yourself not only in contention on a Sunday, but actually in the winner's circle, Damon. Uh, Question, you know, it's the PGA Championship, so... There's always uh, on uh, the, the, the Tuesday press conference, the, the state of the PGA. Can you give us an update on uh, what has Zeph 
Wah reported to the media. Yeah, probably the most poignant moment of his chat was uh, kind of coming to bat for the state of golf as a whole and the PGA Tour facing this upstart Super Golf League backed by Saudi money, offering millions of dollars to players in the latter part of their career to maybe try to poach some players from the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour, you know, enacting this player impact program, money for tweets and Google impressions, doing whatever Jay Monahan can to keep the best players in the world on this side of the Atlantic. So Seth Waugh kind of speaking in support of the PGA Tour, uh, hoping that the players are chasing legacies here in the States more than the dollars from the Middle East. So it's a story that continues to evolve. A lot of the representatives from the Super League Golf met with some of the agents from players earlier this week. Not much came out of that, but we do know that there's a lot of deep pockets over there in the Middle East, specifically Saudi Arabia. They're trying to grow the game over there. Um, there's been obviously some questionable talk about the, the regime and some of the political issues over in Saudi Arabia. But there are a lot of players who are apparently listening. But uh, you heard Seth Waugh really sounding the alarm that uh, he wants to protect the state of golf here. Kind of also a, a reminder of how much the PGA of America works with the USGA and the PGA Tour. And that though there's, you know, can be rivals in a sense in wanting to have their best competitions be recognized, they also are partners, partners in the drive, ship, and putt, partners in other parts of the game. So I think we're seeing that come to bear with Seth Wobb's comments. What's, uh, what's the status of the new headquarters out in Frisco, Texas? Yeah, coming together very nicely, uh, hoping to host PGA of America events, championships on the senior level, on the PGA level, and also the Ryder Cup as well. Well, of course, we hated to lose them from, uh, from our beautiful uh, sunshine state. Uh, and we lost you too, my friend. We've missed you. So what's happening on Golf Channel for the weekend? And uh, what can we look for on both Golf Today and Golf Central with your reports? Yeah, live from the PGA, 7 p.m. Eastern time. It's most particularly, particularly going to be 8 because of the uh, late coverage over on ESPN. Uh, you know, they're not going to finish until dark for the most part. So at the conclusion of play, you'll see Brandel and Rich and Justin and also myself, Todd Lewis, Heidi Diaz, kind of wrapping up the day. And then, of course, next week you've got the NCAAs. Uh, we'll be airing that as well. You know our great relationship with the college golf. So lots of great things to watch in the pro level and, of course, in the amateur game as well. We love it. We love the Golf Channel. And as always, Damon Hack, we appreciate your time and have a great week and weekend there at beautiful Kiowa Island. Thanks, Holly G. Look forward to talking to you soon.